Hello, everybody. My name is Roton von Bastard, and you are listening to Multi-Class Theatre. Multi-Class Theatre is a podcast, whatever that is. Uh, sometimes it has adults using language and uh, very good puns, so you have been duly warned. Unfortunately, Mist on the River, my good friend, is ah. Uh, He's come down with a little something, and he says that it feels like he's being gagged by fire wasps. So, I'm going to be providing the recap. Last time, the party went to Sisha. I had some very good waffle kebabs, and there was a lot of interesting drama that went on, and it all culminated with us perhaps starting a civil war, but very heroically. Ah, then we left the city, and we went to uh, Winley's parents' place on our way to this this, uh, volcanic uh, lake thingy. And uh, we briefly stayed at Winley's place so we could recuperate. And uh, and that's where we leave ourselves uh, on multi-class theatre. It's been three days since the group of you left Jeminj. You enjoyed your time there. You rested. Rotan, you found your strength again. Time there was idyllic. One night, all of the villagers gathered for something they called the Festival of the Wandering Duck, in which (laughs) the townsfolk, led by the children, chased a duck throughout the town, and the adults wagered on where the duck would stop, on whose land. There seemed to be some sort of prize for whosoever land this happened to be. You didn't fully understand the rules, but everyone seemed to have fun. There was a lot of drinking and a lot of merriment, and it was good to just be in a place away from chaos and revolution and strange fish kebabs. But that was three days ago. You find yourselves once again in the desert. This area of the desert is not like where you entered Sisha. Up here, northeast of the city, it is arid, ashen. It's an endless plain of emptiness, with just the occasional grouping of rock to break up this endless monotony. In some ways, it reminds you of the Shadow Realm, except for the sun which beats down upon you, threatens to drive you into submission. Once again, you find yourselves traveling in the mornings and in the evenings, resting during the hottest day part. And it's during one of those day parts that we find ourselves in Winley's hut and the group of you relaxing after a few hours on the road. Mist is twitching his tail anxiously. I'm still mad you wouldn't let me chase that fucking duck. All right, we can't actually prove that that duck was real. We had a lot to drink. Well, as someone who's been involved in the duck festival 
almost every year of my life, I can't say that the duck is real. But the duck has to make its own decisions, don't you understand? It has to choose the house, it has to choose the yard. It's only fair, it's only right. I did not drink, and I can also confirm that the duck was real. However, I do wonder uh, that the duck ended up in the backyard of the baker. It feels like a very easy contest to throw, I think is what I'm saying. That's why you should have let me chase it, because those children sucked at it, and I wouldn't let that duck get away. Well, we also didn't want you murdering a duck in front of a bunch of children. But it, it's also a children's festival. Don't you think it's sort of their rite of passage to chase the duck? <laughs> and not the fucking cat? Do you know how many birds I ki- chased when I was a kitten? Yeah, it's kind of part of it. Yes, kitten. Kitten, yeah, not Yeah, cat. and I caught birds. They did not. They didn't know what they were doing. Somebody has to show them how it's done. It's not killing the bird in front of them. It's teaching them how to hunt. You catch the duck, you kill the duck, you bring it to the little ones because they clearly don't know how to do it yet. And then they get to practice on the corpse. I think they're just going to scream and start crying. But, uh, I, you know, I'm not going to question your process here. I've, I've never hunted a duck. It sort of sounds like you're trying to rewrite my culture, which I don't like. It would be a rite of passage for the children, I suppose. Thank you, Rotan. What happens if a child catches a duck? Like, do they actually ever catch it? <laughs> Typically not. But it's the fun. It's the journey, you know? Not the outcome that matters. In this sense. Is it always the same duck, or do they pick a different duck every year? Oh, no. No, it's a different duck every year. Because, you see, we have a colony of ducks, and they nominate themselves. Oh, I like that. That's nice. What's the voting like for that? I don't speak duck. I don't know. Well, I mean, you speak to the raccoons. Well, it's sort of a private ceremony, I've been told. Oh. Um, you know, it's sort of an in-house thing and, um, quite private. All we know is a duck shows up each year, and it's not the same one. And then there's a crowd of ducks behind them that cheer them on. So it's very supportive within their community and um, sort of bridges the gap between gnome and duck. Is is the crowd of ducks, you know, sort of pushing the other duck forward with their wigs? Sounds like it's a democratic process. I imagine they choose the the running duck the same way they would pass a bill. (laughs) But no, they have um, a series of uh, tournaments in order to nominate the duck. Um, again, I don't know those tournaments because they are very private. Have you have you ever spoken to a duck? I don't speak duck, but I obviously can, you know, cast a spell. But um, they're very, very uh, proud animals. And, um, you know, we take what we can get. The fact that we have this festival at all is, is quite, well, we're lucky. <laughs> sort of like a lucky duck. I've spoken to a duck. What? What did the duck say? Oh. I, I have to say, I'm so ready to not talk about this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I want to know what the duck said. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't speak duck. Well, you just said you spoke to a... Okay. Oh, when did you talk to a duck? Oh, wait, okay, wait. I'll... Did you talk to the duck or did you talk at the duck? Ooh, that is, that's very different. Oh, I think I did both. What did the duck say back? It said quack. 
Well, what did you say to the duck before it said quack? I said, hello, duck. Oh, he's probably just saying hi. Well, quack means a lot of different things. <laughs> what was the intonation of said quack? Oh, you know, that's that's a interesting question. Now, now that I think about it, I recall it being a uh, kind of a uh, kind of a bitter quack. Oh, a bitter quack. Doesn't sound very promising, Roton, but I have to say, if I was a stranger to you and you came up to me and you said hello, duck, I wouldn't be very happy about it. Well, you're not a duck, so yes, I but probably duck, wouldn't say that. But they have names. A duck is not called a duck. Hello, duck. His name could have been George or Liam or Frankfurt. You don't well, know. I don't know that. I mean, you have to start somewhere, right? No, but it's like walking up to you and saying, hello, buffoon. Okay. I mean, she's got a point. You really don't want to talk down to a duck. It's very rude. Ruffles their feathers. Walking up to mist. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, I can't say. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I want to hear you finish the sentence. Yeah, you need to finish that sentence. I don't know what you were going to say. Yeah, you need to finish that fucking (laughs) sentence. That's a little ha-ha for me in my mind. Everyone knows what I was about to say. Did you catch the duck <laughs> when you were a kid? Or an adult? I ain't judging. Oh, no. Um, so the children can only compete until uh, the age of 10. So I stopped when I was 10. Um, I did. I caught the duck twice. But you do have to understand... Mm, how I think, and I think rather strategically, mm-hmm. but I never feel my my and my homicidal impulses never quite come out with animals unless they're just horrific beings, sort of like that rabbit. Yeah, I wasn't going to bring that up, but I I did immediately <laughs> think about that. Yeah, but see, that was warranted, was it not? Oh, I don't I don't disagree. I, I don't yes. disagree. I'm pretty sure I saved a few of you. In that moment, with that rabbit. Oh, you, you mean Sammy Nohops? <sighs> Do we really need to mention his name? Well, you just berated me for not knowing <laughs> names. <laughs> yes, but I, it's I different. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. This is a different circumstance. And I also did not say, I said that rabbit, meaning that specific rabbit. Oh, so if I pass by a duck and I say... Look at that duck. That's, that's, that's polite? No. Oh. I am talking about a specific singular situation that we knew had to do with Sam, what? Sammy Nohops. That situation, that rabbit. But you walking up to a duck that you don't know and saying that duck, it's very different. Well, I think it's just pointing out a duck. It's not necessarily like hateful or anything. No, it's not hateful. It's just rather impersonal. What's the polite way to ask a duck their name? Well, you could say, Hello, what is your name? You know? Oh, yeah. I was just wondering if there was like a specific cultural component to this that I, like, unintentionally being rude because I don't know. No, I don't think so. I think it's just how you would politely ask anyone's name. That's at least my experience with the ducks that I know intimately. Intimately? I have some good duck friends. Is that a problem? No. No judgment. Mm -mm. My first boyfriend was a duck. (laughs) How did that go? That that got Diana. 
anyway, I'm so glad that you all enjoyed yourself, uh, Mist. Very sorry that you didn't, that you felt the need to be overly critical of something as special as the Duck Festival is to two communities of individuals. I just said I wanted to chase the duck. No, you were trying to rewrite how we should chase the duck and how the children should be taught to chase the ducks. Or in this specific case, how the children were chasing Ernest. If you took time to realize that that was the name of the duck that was chosen. I generally don't learn to take the time to learn the th- name of things that I'm about to eat. You're, you're just telling us the duck's name now. Obviously you didn't pay attention to the entire ceremony when literally on the megaphone it said, Welcome, Ernest the Duck. Oh, right. And there was that banner that said, Good luck, Ernest. Ernest. Yes. I f- In big, I bright, that. yellow letters to match his <laughs> feathers. <laughs> I just want to say I love this so much. I love that you've taken a throwaway line and run we, with it. I'm we so we can do this for three more hours, Diana. Oh, easily. Yeah. Oh, easily. We're not proud or tired. Start doing flashbacks to the uh, <laughs> to the duck the duck festival. <laughs> you know. All right. In Mist's defense, I I would trust his experience and judgment of hunting birds over that of a child. But I think we're missing the point, as we're not hunting the duck. We are chasing the duck. We are not, the objective here is not to hunt or eat the duck. How would that be if you think, (laughs) eat a dick? (laughs) (laughs) What's the dick's name? Um, take that out, please. <laughs> so this conversation continues <laughs> for some out. time. As the group of you debate and reminisce and, you know, your time in Gem Engine and specifically with, uh, during the Festival of the Duck, it was, it was a good time. It was a rare moment of pure joy and A time that you all could really let loose and not worry about the world ending or anything bad happening. It was just a time to forget and be with family. Evening comes. It's time to once again hit up on the road. You collect your gear. Winley dismisses the hut and you begin your journey once more. It's a cool night with a full moon overhead. The ground is firm. There doesn't even seem to be a coating of sand or dirt across it. In parts, it almost looks smooth, like glass. And the moonlight reflects off it, giving the illusion that you're not walking through a desert, but surrounded by a hundred lakes scattered in the distance on all sides. You walk for some time, again in conversation. You feel pretty secure out here, away from everything. You can see for a long ways in every direction. You might say your guard is down. You're relaxed. Eventually, it's time to stop again. Winley puts up the hut. Desmond and Debbie go inside. And the four of you are standing outside, ready to join them. 
when something catches your eye in the distance. It seems to be a, well, you can't tell how big, but there seems to be an obsidian cube shining in the moonlight. It's maybe a few hundred feet away, but it seems strangely out of place in this barren landscape. Um, was that there before? What? That. That big, uh, big cube over there. You look over in the direction that Rotan is pointing, and you see a few hundred feet away, there seems to be a smooth obsidian cube. Almost looks like as if it is made of glass, like that same obsidian glass that you saw all over Sisha. And it is shining in the moonlight, almost glowing. Well, huh. that is a big rock, if I've ever seen one. Yeah, but it's a weird shape for it, like... Not natural? Do you know much about rocks, Mist? I mean, I've I've seen a lot of rocks, and I don't usually see that many rocks that are, you know, perfect shining cubes. Usually they're kind of like, um, they look like all bumpy and lumpy and uneven. The word Mist is looking for is conchoidal fracture. Oh. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I think I think Cassie's reaction was was my favorite part of that. <laughs> so good. We've learned today. Um, Diana, was this uh, obsidian cube there before when we were setting up, or did we? No. Like, is it, it has it appeared, or were we just not noticing how it's shining off of a a face? Why don't you give me an insight check? Let's let oh, the dice decide. I'm great at that. <laughs> cool. Uh, eight minus one is seven. You are not sure. You're not sure if it was that you just, you didn't notice it there before, or was it not there before? You're really not sure. Well, why don't we go see it? Yes, let's get a closer look. The four of you cross the desert plain towards this cube, and as you get closer, the full size of it starts to become apparent to you, and that... From the distance you were looking at it several hundred feet away, it, it seems small. But as you get closer, you realize that the cube is about six feet tall. And you look towards the base of the cube, and it looks as if it has been pushed up through the earth onto the surface. So so is this the sort of thing we stare at it long enough, we go inside and get reality warping powers? Does that happen often? Mm-hmm. Random perfect geometric shapes in the wild? We'll try asking its name. We'll see if it's sentient. Hello, Cube. <laughs> what is your name? Are you in earnest? Or maybe a Franklin? A Franklin? You look like you could be a Franklin. Uh, Winley casts a Mage Hand to go and touch the cube. Okay. First, Rotan, you do not receive a response. And Winley, you cast Mage Hand... And your hand touches the cube, but nothing happens. Perhaps, perhaps this is a dream. Is this a dream? Rotan slaps himself. Mist pinches Rotan. Oh! Rotan, you are very much awake. I wonder what would happen if I took my acid or possibly some of my tools and sort of hit it or spilled some acid on it. What kind of reaction I would get if it would awake? Do we have any reason to think that this cube is evil? I mean, 
Why don't why don't I just touch it? And and Rotan strides forward and uh, places a hand on the cube. Do you place a bare hand on the cube or is it gauntleted? Uh, probably gauntleted. You touch the cube and it feels smooth underneath your touch, like unnaturally smooth. It doesn't feel like a rock. It doesn't feel like it just feels smooth as glass. Could Winley do a, um, I don't know, either investigation or history um, to see if, if she has ever heard since she is from here? Anything like this or seen anything like this? Uh, sure. What, which would you like to do? I'll do investigation. Okay. That's a 32. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I always feel better with these because Mike can see. Oh, I trust you. I was just impressed. Well, I have a plus 13 on investigation, so I'm always going to pick that. That is cause. impressive. And uh, kind of maybe a little bit scary, but... I mean, isn't that who... What... <laughs> Isn't that Winley? <laughs> that is Winley. Yes, that is Winley. Entirely fair. So, um, you, how are you going to investigate this? To, to, uh, tell me what you do. I think first she would walk around um, essentially, essentially the plan of this. Um, walk around all sides, investigate. I think she, she feels comfortable to touch it since... Both her ma- the mage hand and Roton have perhaps look at you know disturbed soil, looking if anything is growing, any type of active life, looking for any cracks or a possible hidden door, or just something that would look slightly awry. You reach out and put your hand against the cube, and the cube is warm to the touch and the longer you keep it there the hotter it gets until it becomes so much that you pull your hand away that the to the touch it almost becomes unbearable you walk around the cube examining it and you find on the side the far side of the cube the side opposite uh, to the side you walked up to there is a crack which almost looks like a door in the side of the cube Everyone, can you come over here, please? I do believe this could be the possible entrance. Entrance to what, though? I have no clue, Roton. So Winley went around to look at the the cube. Did the rest of you join her? Yeah, I think Roton will come around and stand behind her. Yeah, so will Buck. Yeah, stay together. Okay, as the group of you are standing in front of the door, suddenly you hear a twang. From just to your left. Mist, I would like you to make a constitution saving throw. Oof. Ten. Mist, you are hit by a crossbow bolt. Fucking ass! And as the bolt strikes you, you feel electricity, lightning, course through your body. And you find yourself unable to move. Well, shit. There goes our Eldritch Blast. Is all of Mist's hair standing on end? Yeah, I imagine he's incredibly floofy right now. Looks twice as big as he actually is. Mist, you take 18 damage from the crossbow bolt. Oof. Force damage. And then another 15 points of lightning damage. Jesus. Oof. And you find yourself, par- you find yourself paralyzed. The rest of you look over to your left. 
and you see standing, seemingly having appeared out of nowhere, a tall, gaunt creature with horns coming forward out of its face, coming to a point right in front of its mouth. Its eyes are large and terrible. It has a crest of spikes and spines running down from the top of its head. It is dressed in what once looked like fine leather armor, but has become torn and shredded and it's almost rag-like. But there is a sort of style to it. It's almost as if it's intentional. The figure has a, a bag slung over its shoulder. There is a terrible looking dagger at its hip and a brass crossbow in its arms. Roll for initiative. Dirty 20. Do I even get to roll for initiative? Because You paralyzed. do not. You do not. You're automatically last because you are paralyzed. You're paralyzed for one minute unless you make your saves to break it. I am 20. Uh, what about you, uh, Adam? A whopping 11. Uh, Winley, you are up first. I'm going to do acid arrow. Uh, so she's going to take out her arrow, second level, and shoot at this thing. Okay, see, uh, roll to see if you hit. Uh, 24. Uh, that will hit. Damage is 9. 9 points. So you fired the arrow and it, it grazes this thing. And it cackles and grins. And as it grins, its teeth are long, sharp, pointed, and black. You seem to have amused it. Uh, how far away is this guy? About 50 feet. Alright, I'm gonna goring rush this guy. I know that's technically a bonus action, but I need to get quick. Um, so I guess I'm going to have to dash. Okay. So Yeah, okay. So in this, um, I'm going to dash as my main action. And then I can make one melee attack with my horns as a bonus action on top of that. So that's what okay. we're going to do. So I'm going to goring rush to close the distance with this guy. And then I'm going to hit him with my horns. So a 23. That will also hit. Oh, All right. Uh, nine points of damage there. All right, cool. So you gore the side of him, and as you get close, the, the smell is terrible. It's almost sulfuric. And as you gore the side of him, you see that it's his ribcage is gaunt, like just pale flesh over almost bare bones. That brings us to Rotan. Hello, evil creature. What's your name? And then he's going to attack <laughs> with the sword. All right, he is, he's still he's 50 feet away from you, so... You're not going to be able to reach him this turn. You could dash, but then I don't think you can attack. Yeah, okay. Uh, we'll we'll just do that. And um, I'll vow enmity. Sweet. All right. Buck Rotan, you are standing right in front of this tall, gaunt, almost skeletal, scarecrow-type creature. He, he's, the way he moves is is jerky and awkward. He smiles big, and he laughs. <laughs> Finally. And then he disappears. What? No fair. Mist, it is your turn. Do I get my save? You get your save. There we go. That's a big natty. Okay. You are no longer paralyzed. Mist yanks the shock arrow off of his back. <laughs> Fuck this guy. All right. Well... Where the hell is he? He he vanished. Into thin air. Okay, green eye, let's uh where where did he vanish? I'm sorry. Sorry? Don't, Can you see him? Don't mention don't mention the eye <laughs> mist. 
<laughs> what did you say? What did you call me? Oh, or something I can... that I was... It was something... It was a little oh. joke for myself. Can we oh, focus so on the real problem so right now? So we're, so we're being chaotic. Is that, is, is that so mean? I will kill everything that you love. You'll try. Where is he? Winley takes the acid in her hand and throws it at Mist's foot. Um, Okay. Well, I mean, it's, but it's still Mist's turn. So, Mist, you can do what you want. I mean, you could still do that once your action rolls around. But it's, it's technically, talking is a free action, so it kind of comes whenever. But, um, so Mist, it, it is your, it is your turn. Are there any, like, footprints in the ground that this thing was making? You do not see any. I think Mist is just going to hold at the moment. Okay. Maybe Chuck, maybe, do I, I'm sure I have some kind of health potion, don't I? Probably. Potion of healing. There it is. I have two of them. Eh, we'll just, we'll just, uh, we'll just, I, I'll just hold action. Not that it really matters because it's the end of the round. So you pause and that brings us back up to Winley now. Winley has, um, calmed down. I'm so sorry. My eye, as you all remember, has been giving me a good amount of trouble. So that wasn't me. <laughs> it was my eye. Uh, Winley's looking around, seeing... Can she see? Uh, uh... Well, your eye right now is covered by an eye patch. So no, you cannot see at the moment, because your eye is covered. Winley lifts her eye patch to see if she can still see the creature. Winley, you lift your eye patch, and you begin to look around. And as you do so, an intense pain begins to build in your skull. It's a throbbing pain that feels as if your entire head is going to explode. And then, with a shriek of psychic release that you don't even understand, it feels that you fire all of your rage, all of your angst, all of your frustration out of your skull in a blast towards where you last saw the creature. Rotan and Buck, I would like you to make an intelligence saving throw. Holy shit. <laughs> well, Rotan's good at that, too. Uh, I rolled a natural 20. Oh, Rotan. Excellent. Rotan makes the save. Yeah, moment of clarity for Rotan there. <laughs> Buck does not. Winley, I would like you to roll 4d8, please. If you kill me, I swear to God. It's the eye. <laughs> it it wasn't me. It was the dagger. Uh, sixteen. Okay, Buck, you take sixteen points of psychic damage. Winley, after you have this psychic release, you blink, open your eyes, and you see standing before mist, about ten feet. And next to him, with a dagger out, is the creature. It also seems to be dazed, stunned in your blast. And it's the last thing you see before everything goes dark. You are now blinded for one minute. Ow! You all see the creature when it appears. When it is hit by this blast. Oh, I can't... I can't see. I can't see a thing. 
Did I, did I hurt someone? I'm so sorry. I don't know what came over me at all. Yeah, we'll, we'll hash that out later. Mist, look out! And Bucket is your turn. He is about 30 feet away from you. Um, okay, so I'm gonna throw... I got a couple daggers on me. I'm gonna chuck those. We'll throw those at our guy. And uh, given how well we've done, this is probably gonna hit you, Mist. I apologize. <laughs> uh, that is... That's 15. That will miss. All right, well, I'm gonna try it again. I've got one more dagger, and then that's it. Okay. Oh, that's a 22. That will hit. For seven points of damage, wow. Okay, did you want to move at all after you throw your daggers, or...? Uh, yeah, I'm going to move within range. Okay, perfect. That brings us to Rotan. How far away? About 40 feet from you. Oh, darn it. Um, all right. I will dash all the way in. Okay. Are you a Franklin? <laughs> all right, so Rotan, you dash in, and you're free to attack next round. That brings us to the creature. The creature is shaking its head, uncertain of what just happened, but aware that you can now see it. It closes the distance, and it slashes at you with the dagger. It hits you, Mist. You take 13 points of force damage, and I would like you to make a constitution saving throw. Uh, Rotan's here, right? Yeah, he's close. Rotan closed. So yeah, you're, he's close. So what, what, is that, what does the aura get me? Plus four. Plus four. Eleven? <laughs> uh, that that will not do it. You take 17 points of poison damage and are now poisoned. Okay, I'm going to trigger my Misty Escape. Poof. Fuck this guy. Um, <laughs> Mist out. And Mist will put 60 feet of distance between him and uh, the Stabby McStabberson and making sure that uh, our meat shield, I mean Rotan, is well between the two of them. Got you. So it is, it is your... Your turn now. Yep, we're going to go for the old standby. I'm going to hex this guy. Uh, he will have disadvantage on... Uh, eh, let's give him disadvantage on strength checks. And uh, now that hex is in place, everyone knows what's coming. The old Eldritch Blast. Uh, I get three of them. Uh, so we have a 21 to hit. That will hit. And uh, oh, a 12 to hit. That will miss. And a 22 to hit. That will hit. Uh, so 15 force damage plus 8 necrotic damage. 25 force damage and 8 necrotic, so that's 33 all total. Yeah, I'm a little pissed off right now. Okay, that brings us to Winley. Has it been more than a minute? It has not. All right, Winley uh, makes herself invisible uh, for the time being just to take herself out of the equation until a minute is up. Okay, so you're going to make yourself invisible, then move away? Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> she's going to move in what way she thinks is moving back, in what she remembers. Okay, give me an intelligence check. Uh, 15. Okay, you move in the direction that you believe is away from where mist is, where the chaos is, where everything's happening. And that brings us to Buck. Yeah, Buck has also had more than enough. We're going to wallop all three attacks that he can possibly do right now with his great axe. 21. That will hit. 23. That will hit. 25. Wow. The, thank all you, three will hit. not fucking around. Yes. So that's going to be 33. So he's not even, it's not a finessed any sort of anything. He's just back, forth, back one more time for 33 points of damage against this guy. Uh, so question for you is Buck's 
axe magical? Or is it just an axe? It's magical to him, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) to anybody else, probably not. (laughs) Okay. Um, You hit him and you do damage, but it doesn't seem like it's doing, you know, for as hard and fierce as your attacks were. It it doesn't seem like it's hurting him as much as you, you think it really should be. All right, magic is doing the trick. This ain't it. Okay, Rotan, it is your attack. Or your turn. Okay, first attack. Rotan swings! A 24. That will hit. He's going to smite third level. Then he's going to add up all these numbers. You can't take three from two. Two is less than three. So you look <laughs> at the go. four and three place. What's really three ten? No, it's really th- four tens. So you make it three tens. You regroup, regroup change to ten to ten ones. And you hey, add actually, this is not helping me add. <laughs> <laughs> That's good because I fucked it up anyway. So. <laughs> and seven from eleven is nine. <laughs> well, six really, but. <laughs> Thirty-eight points of damage. Okay, Rotan. Typically, I would let you describe what happens. But in this specific case, something very particular happens. You raise your sword, and you bring it down in an overhand strike, channeling all of the power of Timora and quite a bit of power of the sword itself, into this unholy, demonic creature. Your sword cleaves through its shoulder. The smile never disappears from its face as the creature explodes in front of you. Buck and Rotan, I would like you to make a constitution saving throw. It's a 19. 17. Okay, you both do make your saving throws, but you still take three points of fire damage. Ew. Half for you, Rotan, since you have the ring on, and four points of thunder damage as this thing explodes in a ball of flame and a concussive blast of thunder. And when the dust settles and the carnage clears, the only thing that's left on the ground is a small leather book. The dagger is gone. The crossbow is gone. It's just rags and this book. Ha ha! I laugh in the face of your face. Where, Where did it go? Hey everyone, welcome to the mid-roll. We'll get back to the story in just a moment, but uh, as always, we want to take a moment to thank you for listening. Thank you for continuing to support us after however many seasons and episodes this is. I believe this is the 18th formal episode of season four, not counting all of our Trevor Quest and other things that we've done. So yeah, thank you for sticking it out with us. Uh, If you are really enjoying what you're hearing, we'd love to know about it. Please leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're using, what leaves you uh, space to leave a review. You can also leave us comments. We've got our, uh, what do we have? We have our we have our, our Gmail if you want to send us a little love note. That's uh, multiclasstheater at gmail.com. Uh, where else are we? Patreon? We do have our Patreon, yes. You can still reach us on Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. We have a website, uh, multiclasstheater.com. Instagram threads if anybody's on there though do we get to do blue sky yet i i i have an invite to blue sky anyone want one (laughs) what is blue sky blue sky is the twitter substitute started by 
Jack Dorsey. Oh. Everyone's fighting over the ashes of what was once once Twitter. Basically, yes. Mm. Out of the ashes that once was Twitter, several pretenders to the throne have risen up and they are all fighting against one another to try to claim the mantle. Wow. Blue Sky tends to be a lot of very tech computer nerds. My kind of crowd. Yeah, no, it's it's they they kind of took it over first and, you know, and then it kind of slowly since it's yeah since it's invite only it it's kind of oh it's one of those yeah so it's not like you get a lot of trolls or a lot of what was that one that was like was it clubhouse it was invite only clubhouse was yeah for that remember that hot minute of yeah people just talking yeah i was i for a second for a, like it looked like it was going to become the next thing for like a second and then it just didn't <laughs> yeah no and then it's just nothing yeah it's always so interesting. I wonder how that works with like a social media app, you know? It's uh, it, it's like the old days of Silicon Valley. You can just everyone spinning up startups. They they rise and they fall and they die in like six months. Yeah. So we're on some of those places, and if you're on those places, uh, look for us if you want, or our Discord. You know, you can use those places to reach out to us to get an invite to our Discord, which is probably the place where we're most active and have the greatest presence and frankly the most fun discord is a blast it's like my main communications channel now yeah it's it's uh, our discord is is run by us it's not like just a fan collective or something like that you we're all there chatting to various degrees about tv video games science oh that reminds me i haven't checked raccoon memes in a while Racco- raccoons other things that happen to be bothering us at the moment. Sometimes we do one-off games and invite Discord folks to join us. You never know. This is true. So, Matt, just not to risk spoilers, <laughs> uh, I see that um, Season 2 is out. Sorry, make an appearance in Season 2? Season 2, oh, of uh, uh, Young Jedi Adventures? This is correct, yes. Oh, um... Or can you not talk about... Or is it the second half of Season 1? I think it's more of Season 1, Honestly, I, I thought, you know what's funny is I, I don't really know anymore. <laughs> I thought that they were just doing, I think they're just releasing season one in like chunks. Okay. Is my understanding of it. I think it, total in season one, I'm in like three or four episodes. So yeah, but we were like nominated for Emmys. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Like, like children's and uh, um, I don't know if it's like a certain category of Emmys, but like Family and children's, like, Emmy, like, you're nominated for, like, five Emmys. It's really cool to see. Like, I'm really proud of it, you know? So, yeah, if you haven't checked out Young Jedi Adventures on Disney+, Plus, you can catch Matt there. You can also catch him uh, on the Star Wars Kids website. Uh, or, you know, next time you're just walking through Target. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I'm like, ha, ah, ah, ha, ah, that's so weird. That's so funny. It's so well, it's, cool, but... Well, it's funny because they, they like, I... I had no idea where they were going to use it, you know, that that thing. So I had my cousin once be like, hey, uh, your your show is playing in the lobby in, like, Disney World right now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> of the Disney World Hotel. And I was like, what? It's crazy. I did actually look for you in Boss Baby, the new one, whatever that is, as well, Chet. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That was, uh, that was amusing <laughs> to hear yeah. your acting on that character. <laughs> He's fun. I miss that guy. Because it wasn't picked up after that, I don't think. It, like it didn't get it didn't get picked up for season three. So that I had a blast with that character. That guy was so yeah, much fun. I think you got to be a giant baby, <laughs> as I recall. Yeah, 
Yeah, for those for those who don't know, spoilers for Boss Baby back in the crib, but um, <laughs> my character Chet drinks a, a for, or eats mayonnaise that is infused with like baby magic formula, and uh, and he and, and he thinks he's a baby. So he run I run around the whole episode and I make baby sounds and stuff. So if you want to hear that, uh, Boss Baby back in the crib on Netflix. <laughs> Season two. See, you know, whenever I feel guilty or think maybe I haven't thought through my plotting or, you know, that particular plot twist or thing is just too absurd. I'm going to keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, you never know, you know. <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, we have the ready vehicle for magic mayonnaise. It's it's right there in Mike's pack. This is true. We Magic mayonnaise is a running thing in this. I don't think we need to get to Although Rotan as a giant baby would amusing. He already is a giant baby. What are you talking about? I'm down. I'm down to reprise. <laughs> I guess he could be like a tiny little baby. Or if Rotan was just shrunk and had to talk with a really high-pitched voice. That'd be fun. A baby with a cursed greatsword. I love it. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Taking notes. Taking okay. notes. <laughs> well, I guess that's about it. I think we've run through all of our topics to talk through. Enough rambling for today. Yes, we'll ramble more on the other side of this music. Enjoy the rest of the episode, everyone. Bye. 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 Where'd Winley go? Is Winley all right? Can Winley see? Uh, yes. 30 seconds passes. Okay. And your vision returns. Winley! Winley makes herself visible. Signal? Uh, right when she's visible, she puts her eye patch back on. Oh, gosh. I've never had such such pain like that. I, I'm so sorry wherever it went. I, I don't I don't know what happened. Did I hurt someone? Um, you know, I'll, I'll be fine. Are are you okay? I don't know. I I don't know what it I don't know what happened. I just lifted my patch and this horrible, terrible surge of was almost I don't know, psychic energy went through my brain, through my eye, and just came came out. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there's something very wrong here. Yep. With my eye. Oh, yeah, so that I'm too. So I'm not going to take the patch off, <laughs> I think. I think I'm going to keep the patch on. Um, but perhaps if we get in another fight, I will... Let everyone know that I'm about to take the patch off. Well, not that I want to go through that again, but that creature did seem rather shocked. Did it not? Yeah, it seemed a lot of things. <laughs> well, why don't you share with the class? Don't keep it all to yourself. Um, uh, no, I'm fine. I'm <laughs> fine. Mist, uh, hobbles back. Oh, look, a book. Mist, do you need some healing? I, I mean... I wouldn't say no. If I had to kind of assess my current status, I'd, you know, give myself a 49 out of 112. Like, I'm still moving. Doesn't feel great to move. It's a very odd scale that you've chosen. I know. Blame it on the... whatever the hell that thing was. Mist still has a lot of fur sticking up. Also, I really don't feel great. Um, on top of the beating, um... Did you get poisoned? Uh, let, c- come here. Let me. Let me help. Yeah. Yeah. Let's. Let's. Let's do that. And Miss is gonna kind of 
just flop down. Okay. Uh, Rotan will administer his healing. So Winley and Rotan both heal Mist yeah. for yeah. how much? I guess up to full health, probably, between the two of you. Yeah. I, it's a lot. Of, that's that's uh, 60, 70, 63 healing. Does Mist know that he's poisoned? It only lasts a minute. So after the combat ends and you're healing him, Mist, you begin to feel better. That's much better. Yeah, I'm... Ugh. That thing's knife sucked. I just... as Worse than a crossbow, I think. Eh, maybe it's equal. Uh, Buck, how are you? A little singed and, uh, a little ouched, but it, it's fine. I'm really sorry. Oh, is it? It, it revealed the creature, and that's kind of the, the important part. Well, we still don't know what this cube is. Franklin? <laughs> Are we going with that? You know, this door, perhaps we could just, well, this thing we think could be a door. It could be like, you know, the entrance to Oz or something. It does seem to be coming out of the ground. You never know if there's a whole other world down there. Who, who's Oz? Oh, it was just a story my parents read to me. Oh. The great big whatever. It doesn't matter. Oh, wait. I think I know that story. Yes, it's about monetary policy. <laughs> <laughs> I, you're not wrong. I mean, yes, that's true. <laughs> um, as you're thinking back over the combat mist, something strikes you. A lot of things struck me. You realize that... When you teleported away and reappeared some distance away, even before you cast your spells, the creature knew exactly where you were. Its head snapped around instantly to where you appeared. Ah, so I think this thing could see invisibly. That's not the word I want. This thing could track me, could track me even when I was invisible. Boy, did it seem to want a piece of me. I don't know what to do with that information, just... Worth, worth noting that if we find another one of these things, invisibility may not be the best strategy. Well, I guess it pays to be obvious for once. Sure. So the group of you are standing outside of or beside this cube. And Mist is on the ground, literally and figuratively licking his wounds. Winley, your head is still... You still have the remains of a headache from whatever that was. Well, I really would like to go knock on this possible door. Is anyone opposed? Nah, I'm I, I'm good. Let's let's see what's Winley walks up to what she thinks is the door and gives it three confident knocks. Okay, you knock three times on this obsidian stone cube. And it's hard against your knuckles. And it makes an odd sort of dissonant sound as you knock but nothing else happens the door does not open i imagine rotan is confused i knocked on the door where we knocked on the door why did the door not maybe if i try please rotan strides forward and knocks on the door you knock on the door you get that strange dissonant sound as you knock but nothing else happens can you elaborate on this sound it sounds as if somebody took a bunch of tubular bells and threw them down a staircase. Mm. Is it um, musical in a way? In a way, but very 
off key. So would you say that a few notes in the key are missing? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's almost like it's like a cat walking across a piano where occasionally it, it hits maybe a chord, but almost accidentally before it tramples over that into random notes. Do you think, um, everyone, that it possibly needs music to get in? I can pick out the few notes that it needs to sound somewhat correct. Uh, couldn't hurt to try. Winley takes out her, um, she's gonna take out her pan flute. Roton. Yes? Would you mind knocking again Ah, for me? Certainly. Roton knocks. Uh, Winley listens to it again. And then, Roton, on the count of three, knock again, and I will play with it. One, two, three. Roton knocks. And Winley finishes, matches, well, yeah, finishes the key. Okay, Rachel, give me a performance check. 25. Winley, you begin to play. And the music you begin to play that sort of pours forth out of your heart is this haunting atonal melody that seems extremely harmonious with the landscape around you, and in particular with this cube. You're playing, and you find yourself, in the course of your playing, striking a particular chord, an E-flat chord, and the box, the cube, vibrates, and then the doors begin to open outwards. Well, I suppose I shouldn't knock my own ideas. I was personally about to say this was a MacGuffin and walk away. But no, I feel very good about myself. No, that worked a trick. The interior of the cube is hollow. The cube itself seems to be six feet by six feet by six feet. And on the floor, on the inside of the cube, is an arcane circle. Well, this is not quite what I'm good at. Arcane magic. Where's Debbie when you need her? Oh, I'll take a crack at it. I guess... Mist will start inspecting this circle. Alright, Mist, what languages do you speak? Well, officially here it says common, draconic, and sylvan, but I think that's because I needed to pick some when I chose the background. I mean, he doesn't, we know, we've established though that he doesn't speak Tyrion. So, uh, what languages do the, are, are you all looking at the, into the cube at the circle? Yeah. Yeah. What, lang- what languages do the rest of you speak? Uh, Winley speaks common, gnomish, and undercommon. Elvish, draconian, and giant. Giant, minotaur, and sylvan. So none of you recognize the language that this circle is written in, but it definitely appears to be an arcane circle. Uh, Mist, you can give me an arcana check if you want to. Oh, yes, because this always goes so well. Yeah, it's going to be great. Ha ha, natural 18. Mist, as you pour over the circle, you it takes you a few minutes as you look at the arcane symbols, and, and you don't recognize many of them because, again, they seem to be in a language you don't understand. But the gist of what you're getting is that it seems to be some sort of summoning circle. Huh. I think it's a summoning circle. As far as what it's supposed to summon... Uh, I don't know, maybe more things like whatever that was out there? Maybe this is this is how it got here? Who, who has the book? 
Oh, right, 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 right. And uh, Mist will start. Mist will open the book what he picked up and start looking for clues, cluesies, I guess. Okay, uh, Mist. It seems to be written in a, the same language as the Circle. It's not a language you've seen before. Meaning, it's not Cishin. It's not Tyrin. It seems to be a different language. I know Devi can read all languages, but what about the rest of you? Oh, right. <laughs> um, I will. Sit down. Uh, give me ten minutes. I got this. <laughs> Ro- Rotan leans over your shoulder and says, maybe, maybe flip forward and see if there are any pictures. Hang on a second. <laughs> I will say, as you're flipping through and just looking at it, it seems to be a list. The book itself is hundreds of pages. And it seems to be a word which is crossed out at, with writing underneath it. And then another word, which is crossed out and writing underneath it. And this repeats thousands of times until the last one, which is a word which is not crossed out and writing underneath it. wonder if it's like a death note situation here, although more of a two kill list than a write their name in here and they snub it. So in 10 minutes, uh, I will be able to, for the duration, understand any written language that I see. Uh, as long as I'm touching the surface on which the words are written. All right. So Mist spends the next 10 minutes in ritual contemplation and spell casting, And the rest of you sort of poke around at the remains of... Well, there are no remains of the corpse. It's just there are some rags um, that remain, but everything else is gone. There's maybe shards of the dagger, pieces of the crossbow... Nothing usable or tangible or valuable around. Just bits and bobs and the vast desert rolling out before you. Ten minutes pass and mist. You finish your spell and you open the book again. And you can, of course, now understand everything written in it. And it seems to be a list of names. Each name is crossed out. Beneath the name are notes locations, habits, maybe a particular objective like retrieve the painting or takes long walks on Tuesday. And you flip through and you just read over thousands and thousands of names. And you get to the last one and it says mist on the river. And next to it is a little dash and the word shard. And beneath it is all your names. And then there's the word Sisha, and it's circled. Well, shit. What's up? Um. What have you found? Uh, <laughs> it's a, whatever that thing was, assassin, something, bounty hunter, I don't know what you want to call it, but, uh, it's a hit list. This whole book is a hit list. And, uh, your boy's in it. All of us are, actually. Mist holds it up as though they can understand what is written there. Oh. That's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of names. Yeah. Here's the other fun bit about this. Uh, it also says here beneath my name, uh, and, and these are all your names. It says shard. I don't know a shard. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, Charge the shard, please. Yeah. So, um, this thing is sent by somebody who knows that we have, we have it. So perhaps our dear friend. 
has been busy while we've been toppling theocratic dictatorships or whatever we were doing in there. I don't see how the cube factors in. Well... Yeah, I'm a little confused about that myself. Now that I've got my uh, spell up, I want to go ahead and carefully touch the floor so that I can read the arcane runes. The the sigil and the book seems to be written in Infernal. Uh, it's Infernal. Somebody's got literal stuff from the underworld coming after us. The lower planes have been contracted to take us out. I feel like I should be flattered. Ha ha! Excellent! Thought you'd enjoy that. No, that's... that, um, no. We're going to kill so many evil creatures! Alright, well, but who do you know who has that kind of sway? I mean, apparently Endu's got some contacts. That's that's my first interpretation here. Oh, Squiddy, of course. Although I don't know if Squ- Well, yeah, Squiddy probably knows that I have the shard because I definitely took out one of his warlocks um, when I got it. Can I ask a little sketchy question? Yeah, please do. Uh, Go ahead. How do they know that I'm involved? Because I didn't meet y'all until after that. So that means that somebody's been watching. That is a fair point. Perhaps it was that, um... That boy that I made cry. Perhaps he knew someone. <laughs> boy that you made cry? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the boy at the duck hunt? No. <laughs> no. Oh, another boy. <sighs> um, it was that one I was... I was giving him, um, possible... Well, I was giving him criticism on his brochure. Oh, Order the... of Chaos? Mm. Yeah. I don't know. They seemed pretty, like... They well, why would they wouldn't know that I have the shard? Rotan looks at the book. That he's gotten an awful lot of criticism on his brochure. <laughs> well, you'd think he would have done better by now. I'm just thinking of people who have seen Buck. Is all. All right. Well, so um, I mean, what goes around comes around. It's entirely possible that somebody's been scrying on us, trying to give me a taste of my own medicine or something like that. Well, could we get a a clue from? Any other names in the book? Do you recognize them? Sure, let's give it a shot. I'm going to flip through the book and look for familiar names. Uh, give me an investigation check, I guess. Sure. Oh, so close. That's a two. No, no names pop out. There's a lot of strange, I guess, a lot of words you don't recognize. Some you think may be names. Some you think may be places you've never heard of or, you know, in your travels some places at one point you do see one word that pops out to you which was is never winter so it seems like not all of these places are local who's the last person on the hit list before us it's not a name you recognize it's not anyone you've encountered i think this was just like this was just the guy that got the contract he said finally which bothered me so he knew oh no he probably knew that we were in Jiminj. He knew we were in Sisha. It does say Sisha here, so... Um... Well, I, I think if he wanted to attack us in Jiminj, he would have. Otherwise, he wouldn't have posted up here. So I, I don't... I think your family's fine. Well, at least we know, we know someone's watching. So I think it's quite important to um, keep the shard as tucked away as possible. Miss just casually starts giving the finger to just the <laughs> sky around him. You know, I'm happy to... Um, take my eye patch off but i would feel comfortable if everyone backed up you know 30 something feet so we don't have a replay of 
what happened a few minutes earlier. Just to see if I can see anything, you know? Yeah, that, no, that might be worth doing. All right, everyone back up, please. Okay, everybody exits the cube, or those who are in it. So, Winley, you find yourself in there, alone. Winley takes a deep breath and uh, timidly uh, lifts her eye patch. You lift the eye patch. And this time there is no psychic scream. There is no intense pain. And you look around, looking for anything out of place. But when you look down at the floor, the circle seems to vibrate and shimmer, as if the edges are suddenly fading off into other colors. And then it appears as if the sigil starts moving away from you at a tremendous speed, as if the floor of the cube is falling away. It's disorienting, and you struggle to maintain your balance. Give me a constitution saving throw. (laughs) One. The sigil moving away from you at tremendous speed, as if the bottom of the cube falls out, is just too much. You begin to feel dizzy, and you fall over to the side. You're nauseous, and you begin to vomit outside of the cube as the nausea overwhelms you. Uh, I'm so sorry. Um, Are you all right? From what? She covers her eye. <laughs> she, she, she puts the patch back. It was as if the sigil was vibrating and moving as quickly away from me as it, as it could. With all different colors. I, I just... I lost my balance. It, it, was, it was nauseating. I don't know. It's not, um... It, that was a trip, for sure. Wait, so did it seem... At the risk of going down this road... Seem like the sigil was reacting negatively to, um... You know whose power? Yes. It looked as if it was doing everything in its power to get away from me as quickly as possible. Okay, well... One less person that, uh, one less enemy that would have sent this af- sent this thing after us, for whatever that's worth. I don't think we should stay here much longer. Well, more so, I don't know why we should. We know to watch out. We know to watch our backs. I think that that was hopefully the takeaway of this. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm actually with you on this one, team. Uh, let's not be here in case another assassin comes. And Winley, you're still feeling a little lightheaded. Like, the, the vomiting is obviously past, and, but you still feel sick. And, like, that, that tinge of nausea and lightheadedness and dizziness is still there, even as you get to your feet. Uh, Buck, w- would you... would you mind too terribly? I'm so sorry, I'm... I'm really not feeling well at all. Would it be possible for you to carry me, just for... until I feel better? Yeah, happy to. Should we, um, set up... What, what time is it? Well, you've already... It is the... It's it's night. You have, okay. You've set up the camp, and, and Devi and Desmond went into the hut that you created. So so you have a camp. It's, you know, a couple hundred feet away. We should probably go back to doing watches. Yeah. Yes. And I also think we should fill them in on what has transpired, as their names are on this list as well. Oh, yeah. Good question. Is Devi's name on the list? Yes. Devi's name is on the list, as is Silway's. Also, Gruber's name is on the list. <gasps> is Concord's name on the list? Not Concord. <laughs> That's my next <laughs> There's no Concord. Um... 
the donkey must die. It has seen no. too much. Listen, Concord is an untouchable. No, Concord is not on the list. Trevor's name is not on the list. Oh. Because mm. he's already dead. Yes, you see, the, the name above yours, above Miss was Trevor crossed out. No. I think we should head back <laughs> to the hut. I could really use some rest. I do think they should know what's going on. Yeah, no, I'm 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 with you there. Uh, I do ha- have a quick question for you, Mist. Sure. Before we turn in, are are you going to be taking that book with us? That list? Yes. Excellent. Fabulous news. Thank you. Okay, now now that that worries me. Why? Well, because uh, the beastie's going to come back for it. I would, if I'd put that much effort into something. Oh, no, I see. but what if what if it could be tracked? Oh, like if the book itself has a book, has some kind of trap on it? Yes. Well, they already know we're here. Yeah. Yes, but I don't want them to know where. Well, I guess they'll know where we're going anyway. I mean, I I don't think we killed that thing. I think it was far too easy. I think we probably banished it, back to where it came from. But we have its book now, so now it's going to come back for the book. I just don't want it to have any magical traces. You know? Well, unless we want to summon it here and then kill it again. I'll start uh, casting Detect Magic as soon as we get back to the hut. I think it's time for a rest. Okay, the group of you return to the hut. And once you return, you find that Devi, Desmond, and Gruber are all asleep. Concord is not. Concord's standing there, staring at you, chewing on something, but does not seem to be bothered by anything that has occurred this night. Mist, when you get back, you begin to cast Detect Magic. And when you do so, you discover that, well, what lights up is everything that you've, nor expect to light up, the various possessions that you all carry, the hut itself. The book does not glow. Well, that's good news. No magical booby traps here to worry about. Book is just a book. And we have it. Yep. For whatever good that does us. Would anyone like a fish kebab? I brought some from home. (laughs) Uh, Rotan gags a little. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, Winley, I'm not sure you quite have your appetite back yet. (laughs) No. I think she's just trying to be hospitable. (laughs) Well, if you all don't mind, I think I really need to turn in. It's been a bit of a rough day for me from within my head and, well, just physically. Good night, everyone. Okay, I'll take the first watch. Well, that was a bracing encounter. What new dangers await our party as they venture forth? What is going on with Winley's eye? Are all ducks named Ernest? I don't know the answer, but I hope to find out next time on Multi-Class Theatre. Okay, so just a, <clears throat> I guess, out of character question for you, whatever. Do you want to keep going? I mean, we're... It's not too, too early. No, it's not. We're not super early, but... We could keep talking about ducks if you want. No. 
<laughs> Spend the, the next half an hour as a flashback to the uh, the festival of the wandering duck. Ro- Rotom's lying lying awake in in bed. Mist, I can't sleep. Have you ever seen a a, a golden yellow duck? Tell me, tell me about the ducks again. <laughs> well, there was there was the brown one with with the emerald stripe on the the brown one. That had a, a different shade of brown on the side. And there was the other brown one. <laughs> Rotan's just pondering the fact that the ducks have people names. They definitely have <laughs> yes. people personalities. When I was on study abroad, there was this duck that would wander campus to the point where when it died, not that long ago, there was an article, and you can still find the article about the passing of this duck because it was such a fixture and it was well the thing about it is is that it was fearless like it was a big muscovy duck so this thing is like three feet tall and it would it might be an exaggeration it felt big like that i was gonna say jesus christ that's a hell of a duck i mean it wasn't a small duck but it would just like it would just approach you and it's like if i, I want your sandwich no duck it's mine yeah i want your sandwich like it had no fear it would just it would peck at people. It would it would bite at people, and just nothing. Like it was it was a monster of a duck. It's understandable if people keep calling you duck and don't call you by your real name. I guess. 